you're about to listen to is an episode. Next thing you know, I'm going to be telling you it's produced, and then it's good. That's right, you're about to listen to a good episode's production. One of the recordings we did a few weeks ago, I just, like, the microphone I had was here, and then yeah. I went back and listened to my recording while editing, and I was just, like, barely legible, <laughs> to the point when I when I did the noise gating, I accidentally, like, deleted half of my, of, of like, yeah, the that's I a was classic. saying. Um, so gotta get that gotta get that positioning yeah it should be fine just looking at my audio waves yeah most everyone else has been fine it's mostly me fucking up at the moment (laughs) um and and people making strange noises like george just deciding to eat a full course dinner (laughs) (laughs) on the recording for some reason unnecessarily that's (laughs) making a great time for me (laughs) classic george behavior on aso web it's always just like people bumping into their tables that's like a classic. Yeah, yeah sometimes, I can't remember which is the one I, I kept putting my leg on the table, which is also what my <laughs> microphone is attached to. <laughs> so every time I move, it just like makes my microphone wobble. I also just hit it all yeah. the time. It's great. And my clipping. My quipping. A little bit. It's fine. Yeah, quipping is fine for podcasts. And my quipping? I hope I am. <laughs> hey. Okay. <laughs> What's Earth Overshoot Day? Don't know. Do I want to know? I'm, I'm clicking on it. Ah, uh, there is Mark's. This is a bad website. Jesus Christ. Mark's the date when humanity's demand for ecological resources, resources, and services in a given year exceeds what Earth can regenerate in that year. That's depressing. <laughs> I have seen a tweet about this, right. like a like a relaunched blog website or something. That it's like really yeah. depressing how like every website has now become designed in a way that it looks like they're trying to sell you something. Yes. So even even ones where it's like there's no ads technically yeah. on this website but it's also impossible to use. Anyone yeah. who invented like uh like banners at the top mm-hmm. that like stay in one place yes. is just like not like the top top but like the the headline. Yeah, it's I know just, what you mean. Why would you do that to web design? Bring back like 2000s websites. That was better. Those were, those were readable, like really, yeah. really simple, shitty layout, but you can like read the words that are on the page. Yeah, now it's like you're going to be scrolling down and there's going to be just one word, like really big and like three graphics and you have to like... Yeah. And I was saying before, it's like AV Club, used to go on the AV Club, yeah, loved reading the AV Club. Go on the AV Club now, a fucking video comes up, there's like two yeah. other articles you accidentally click on while you're trying to read it and there's like a tiny strip where you can read the article and there's like an ad at the bottom. It's the worst reading experience. It's that you can have awful like all but all of these like oh I, I just hate that i can't even look up like a simple piece of news like i want to see if uh, if i can travel to the uk uh, currently and then there's going to be like a news mm. article from a news website and i'm going to click on it but i can't read it without like disabling ad blocker then i do and then i can't read it because the ad is so big like that's yeah i've got this thing called grease monkey which lets you if something a web if it web if a website tells you you have to disable ad blocker uh-huh. it like blocks them from seeing that you have ad blocker, <laughs> which is great because I can go on ITV and yeah. watch Love Island with like no ads at all and it's great. It's a dream. It's it's a great yeah exactly. It's just really people, funny that people dreamed of this moment and it's here. So you know, ad blocker is like one of the like foundational like improvements for the online experience, and now we're at a point yes. where like 
every website is detecting it so now you have to use you have to use a separate ad blocker. yeah you have to use a, a separate ad, a separate blocker it, it, just to fix that and there's going to be a like point an ad where like it's race right yeah <laughs> and like in a few years th that's going to be also be recognized you're going to be like yeah. we, we we notice you're using a blocker for the ad blocker blocker mhm <laughs> <laughs> yes well it's like um it's like netflix vpns yeah. they used to have this like what was it called Something flicks. It was called something. Netflix. No. That was one. I can't remember, but basically, it was just like open Netflix, yeah. so it didn't have any location restrictions. It was really, really good. I could get like literally anything on it, and then it was destroyed by the fascists at Netflix. Um, yeah, <laughs> Netflix is, so. has really become also become unusable. Like there's, there's just I feel like I feel like there's barely any movies on Netflix anymore. There are. My parents will go on there and like scroll down looking for something to watch, and there's like it's that it's that thing where you like scroll for like forty five minutes yeah. just trying to look for something, and in the end of the day, it's like there's nothing yeah it's decent just, on there that you haven't already seen. It's just for mostly. their own original shows now, uh, and yeah. fucking like animated. Nobody wants like the, the, the those animes that they got a license for, and they're only in German. So I think Castlevania is on there. Haiku is on there, which is yeah. Great. Castlevania is like one of the originals. Haiku is on there. Uh, Yu Yu Hakusho is on there, and that's like basically obviously it. Neo Yokio, which is the best anime that's <laughs> ever been made. <laughs> genuinely, genuinely an entertaining show, in my opinion. I heard so. I heard it's entertaining. Yeah, things happen. Uh, there's the fucking uh, uh, hack artist makes shit up. What's his name? Uh, Fucking Banksy. No, the one who like the one he has got his like jeweled skull. You know the one with all the diamonds. Oh yeah, yeah, the the shark guy. Yes. What the fuck is his name? I I'm so bad at names. I think it's it's genuinely like a problem in my life. I'm thinking of Damien Hirst. Are you thinking of the That's same That's it, Damien yeah. Hirst. Yes, yes, the world's worst artist. So bad. Um, I did think it was very funny that um, when she was pregnant, Amanda Palmer. Uh, did like a, a naked live modeling of a statue and it was that fucking Damien Hirst <laughs> statue of like the pregnant lady with like half skin off it was very I think very Damien funny. Hirst I, I do think is very fascinating because he's like the worst artist who is like bad in a way that tricks people into thinking is good in a way it's almost like comes back around again to being good because yeah. it's like commentary right <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's like a like a satirical artist in that his art is bad but like in a way where it sort of highlights how like a lot of very successful contemporary artists yeah. are bad because it's like it's very it's very obviously like it's very obviously like done as like you know for money yeah and successfully for money and it's all involved in like the whole art industry in a way yeah. that's very illustrative i think in an interesting way but he also like employs a bunch of artists who actually create his art like you know mm -hmm. craftsmen who he then underpays <laughs> which i also think is very funny but bad obviously yeah. uh but again a very illustrative of you know the art world hashtag the art world i guess I <laughs> but also the aspect it's true like he is like in a way like the uh, the representative artist of our times for sure he's a voice of the, the previous generation yeah not our generation but it also just that, that would also just mean that at least like for-profit art or like art that gets into museums is shit like that's that's the other yeah lessons we can learn of that uh, should we talk 
Well, it's, it's not shit, pressure. but it's, it's not like better than other stuff. Yeah, yeah okay. Um. Another Discworld novel, which once again features one of the more familiar characters of the Discworld, Samuel Vines. Mm -hmm. Sam Vines. Uh, he most decidedly doesn't save the world. What he does do is give the world time to save itself, which is very much more of a, a Discworld way of doing things. Sam Vines is not gifted with a huge intellect. It's absolutely right for Sandvines. Trolls and dwarves and vampires. Discworld way of doing things. Vines find himself in the same circumstances. Can I really trust you? I've trusted you up till now. Discworld way of doing things. So hello, we we are we are today. It is just you and me. Just um, you and I. Just you and um, <laughs> it is just you and I on this. Who watches the watch? Which I will introduce in a second. I'm just doing this in a strange order. <laughs> I've been thrown off by the fact it is just you and me. Yeah, I know. Um. Uh, oh, hold anyway. on, an ambulance. Okay, they're gone. <laughs> Get them. Um, okay. Welcome to Who Watches the Watch, a podcast hosted by two mechanical people who were brought to life by putting a word in their heads, <laughs> and the word was um, a drill tweet. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Chaz, and I like to go to uh, my favorite bar, Beers, uh, the bar where... Everybody knows your name, but they also... I, I can't think of something. <laughs> Do you sometimes want to be where everybody knows your name? Yeah, do you ever want to be where everybody knows your name? Well, don't go to beers, because there's just vampires there, and they have really long names. Okay, <laughs> you'll go. Uh, I also haven't thought this through. I'm Janos, I'm your other host. And uh, my second cousin was eaten by a Welsh person, and this is why I will never be on a podcast with Welsh people. Uh-huh. I'm just gonna, like, <laughs> think about that, but not mention anything, just so you so you won't be afraid of me. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, just, again, it's me and Janosch today. The other folks are busy with stuff, so rather than just skip a week, we thought we'd we'd return to that, that famously popular format, the, the Chaz and Janosch show. <laughs> Previously seen in like nine hours of Funko Pop yes. comparison streams, uh, Vampire the Masquerade walkthroughs, and um, what that one episode of Mort that we did. Yeah, that episode yeah. of uh, of our bonus episode where we talked about the uh, fucking well Seaman Strike. A famously well-loved <laughs> bonus episode where we also talked about Homestuck for half an hour. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, the other thing. That was another thing. I just get, I'm, I'm getting every day. I'm getting messages by people. They learned so much about the Kyrie Seaman strike uh, from mm -hmm. listening to our bonus episode. So everybody's yeah, obsessed like, Please with tell us guy. more about the charismatic Captain Tupper. And I'm like, you'll have to wait for my mystery novel set in 1911 <laughs> Cardiff, which I'll never write, but is in my brain. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Um, <laughs> 
I think it would be good. I don't know how to write. You have to so, do a lot of yeah. research, I think, and that's. Well, the good thing is that I I have done a lot of research already, mm. um, so it would be like a supplement to that, you know. But unintentional research because I was just cleaning newspaper clippings for yeah. a, an archive. But I could actually like actively research, and that would be interesting. That would be cool. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, this week we read. We're going back to. That classic chestnut, the watch books. Have you heard of them? That was the premise of this podcast. Crazy. Finally. Yeah, finally return. It is, it might still be in our iTunes description. Feedburner like dissolved itself, and now I don't know how to change anything oh, on it. So that's cool. Interesting. Do you know how to? We can talk about this off air. Yeah, don't worry about <laughs> it. The podcast's fine. Um, it should be doable, but. I don't anyway. know how you did it in the first place. Like, I don't know how to register shows to iTunes, but I don't, don't know how to do it if they have already been Feedburner registered. Yeah. Anyway, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I think our description just still says uh, we're reading the books in preparation of the Watch series, and that is categorically not true No, we, we're not in preparation <laughs> of the Watch series. I don't think there's going to be a second season. I'm putting this out there. I'll gladly be proven wrong. But I won't. I, I, I'm actually not gladly be proven wrong, because that means we're going to have to watch another season of that. And we have so many books to go, so it would really get in the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, we read one of those <laughs> There's going to be a second season of Good Omens. Did we ever talk about that? I don't think we ever really did. We said that we would, and then we never yeah. did. Um, which is great, because you and me are, like, top Neil Gaiman haters. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, like, it, it's nice that we he- are here together on this unique episode of the podcast to to talk to, you know let's just briefly touch on this let's briefly touch on this before we get into men at arms men's arms it's this not is this arms. like old news from two months ago at this body point. parts feet of clay um yeah it was just announced that they're doing a good omens series two which i'm mad about because i don't like the good yeah. omens tv series i think it's twee in a way that i find annoying um, and also i don't like the way the narration works i think so i'm mad about opinion. it for the hypocrisy of it for like how Neil Gaiman was, like, really doing his epic subtweets about the Watch TV show. About how yeah. That, like, betrays the memory of all that fans want of Terry Pratchett's work and how can you do it mm. to, like, his holy legacy. Uh, and, like, Rihanna Pratchett was also tweeting about that. And now, like, they're all endorsing this, which is, like, also based... Well, it's, it's Neil Gaiman's show, though, so yeah. he's not going to be like, this is against... Uh, the vision of the book because it's his vision that's being made into a TV show. Yeah, this is this is the Neil Gaiman show for him it's, to do what he wants. To it's do. like allegedly it based on things that he and Terry laid out like twenty years ago. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's very hack to do a second season of a book that doesn't have a sequel and where one of the writers yeah. is dead. Like maybe maybe if they're like. It it just feels very like cash in, yeah. you know. It feels like oh, this sold well, so we're doing another one in a way that I find annoying, especially considering it's Neil Gaiman's TV show, and he's like, I'm gonna stick to the book and I'm gonna do more queer baiting because I think it's really <laughs> fine, and, <laughs> and we just all have to witness that, which I don't want. I'm going to like c- clap emoji quote retweet when someone congratulates me about how good my show is doing in gay representation, but I'm not actually going to put any of it in it. No, I'm going to uh, yell at teenagers on Tumblr because I'm mad at them. (laughs) 
for for asking me if there's queer representation in my book. Um, and then I'm gonna like go into random replies of people on Twitter who are also teenagers, and then yell at them for saying mean things about me. I'm Neil Gaiman, and I'm like a millionaire. <laughs> Fine. At least at this point, because I looked at I looked at his Twitter, at at least he has changed his Twitter header, so it doesn't have the quote uh, Neil Gaiman is a god in the art of words or something because <laughs> that Jesus was fucking Christ. embarrassing oh there's also gonna be um, I think here's what I think this is just my personal okay. thoughts T- tell me um, what you think I think we just have entered like and I think this happened with American Gods that's where it started where yes. where we entered like an age of now all of Neil Gaiman's work is going to be television and they have tried to adapt him for, like, decades before. And with, like, American Gods, like, a floodgate broke. Because that was the first season was, like, a success. Brian Fuller wrote it, I think, uh, together with Neil Gaiman or something. Was he involved in that? Brian Fuller did the first season. Yes. And then he did a Fuller and he left. Yes, and then the sh- um, then nobody cared about the show anymore. But it was too late, because at that point, like, the floodgate already broke. And they did American Gods, they're doing um, Sandman now for Netflix, they're doing Anansi mm-hmm. Boys now for Amazon. Yeah, I think what it was, it was the, these would be great TV series yes. thing broke. Because he's, he's had movies before, like, he's had Mirror Mask and Stardust and yeah. stuff like that. Which, like... Is it Coraline, which was good? Like, Coraline, Coraline was a good movie. as well. I think they were all okay like i think mirror mask had like its good points and i think stardust is a pretty good movie apart from like yeah funny gays (laughs) thanks neil um he is called neil gaiman so yeah so you know ha ha see it's fine when we do it but (laughs) not fine when he does it because i hate him um uh i don't think yeah there was some really interesting um use of cgi in mirror mask and i thought it was cool aesthetically even if the story and the acting wasn't, like, the best. Mm. And Coraline was really good as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was so also, think, like, Coraline think, is, like, a hundred-page book, so, like, that's... Yeah. It's a graphic novel? I, I think it was, like, a children's book. It, a lot of, it had a lot of illustrations. All right. What is the difference between a children's <laughs> book and a graphic novel? <laughs> that's right. Controversial opinion <laughs> o'clock. <laughs> it's Controversy Monday, Thursday. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like they yeah. tried to do Sandman forever, and they were gonna do it as a movie for like decades, and it didn't work out. And uh, yeah, it's getting a Netflix thing. Um, well, you know, it's 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 time to adapt comics. Yeah, but it's also time. at the same time we've also come to a point where like Neil Gaiman's work has been where Neil Gaiman has become cringe. Like I think like at the point where like Coraline got it, got adapted, or when you know Stardust got adapted, he was like a very beloved, very acclaimed author and now people are starting to realize this is cringe this is the thing i don't know if people generally think he's cringe yeah i mean he's still beloved by many that's true it's one of those things where it's just like it's just like online beef that people who are very online are affected by or know about and people who are online are like oh neil gaiman i love his books i like his book of short stories trigger warning (laughs) Um, <laughs> I feel like he's so close to become Joss Whedonized. Like, yes, he is a very Joss Whedon character. He is. in a lot of ways. Yeah, and heck, he's but, done like know, panels he's... with. I remember there's he did a panel with Joss Whedon to how to write mm-hmm. female characters. 
Oh, thank you, guys. Uh... Listen, I'm not saying men can't write good female characters, because that's not true. I'm just saying not these it's very ones. funny that they're both on that panel. <laughs> not these guys. I love I love the character of um uh wife who cheats on you in American Gods. That that's a, a classic character. character. I'm trying to think of other Okay, he does like teen girls who are like more normal, I guess. Yeah, his his like t- girls his like girl characters are pretty normal as soon as they're like the fucking like <laughs> I I I <laughs> in in like Sandman there was like a whole like trans lesbian murder plot line that was weird. Mm, yeah, sounds good. I'm sure he did a sensitive. Oh, absolutely. He, he definitely used the D-slur in it. Um, that yeah, was. I mean, I know it's fine. As a as like an English learner, that was when I first saw it. Yeah, I I'm not gonna get into into slurs. I do think. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> I do think that one in particular is fun to say, and I don't actually mind yeah. when people use it that much, but other people do, obviously. But like, I feel like I feel like it's fine to like. In th- there's context in your writing when you can use slurs, even though you should like actually not use them in real life. Uh, it's yeah. fine. There's just some people who seem to who seem to really revel enjoy in, the fact yeah. that they get to use it. Yeah. Yes. Which. Yeah, like I guess, uh, fan fan favorite, um, Quentin Tarantino is one everyone knows. Amanda Palmer. Um, I'm not sure she even registers them as slurs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's even that she's like, haha, I get to say it because it's in a yeah. song. I think she just doesn't notice. <laughs> she's just like, this is fine. <laughs> so I don't get it. What's the problem? <laughs> what were we saying, Neil Gaiman? Yeah, we're just talking um, about female characters. Female characters. Yeah, I just he's very Joss Whedon in that he comes from that time period where it was really easy to be like seen as a male feminist writer. Yeah. Um, especially when you make that your brand as well, which is what I I don't know if Neil Gaiman did as much to the same extent that Joss Whedon did, but it's it's very much like a two thousand and ten vibe. Yeah. I think Um, yeah, I think Joss Whedon definitely made it his brand on purpose for for Neil Gaiman, it was more like the, a certain crowd, like really, like started applying it to him, and he accepted it. Like it was more that. Yeah, and, really, I, and I, yeah. I, and I, I guess I just get the vibe that they're also both sex pests. <laughs> but that's just, just my opinion. Definitely so you is. can't sue me for that. I, I may have heard things about Neil Gaiman through the through the grape yeah. through the grapevine about how he treats his assistants oh great um, yeah that doesn't surprise that would not surprise the, me at through all the BBC TV true, network. to be true which i don't know but uh, that's just a rumor and i don't know anything about that and i'm not saying that so again yeah. you can sue me uh but i've just heard you know potentially i could have heard from someone that he has a reputation for being not great so take that cool. as you will or don't <laughs> i'm just saying that i may have heard that <laughs> just a hypothetical just hypothetically, just I might think have. about what it what would would have happened if Chess had heard that. Mm. Yeah, because I hypothetically might have friends of friends who work uh, on on BBC TV series mm. uh, and Netflix TV series that maybe run in the same studio as as Neil Gaiman series where he works on them. But I that that might not be true. So yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah. So that's the Neil Gaiman news. I mean, you might be really thrilled to hear about. Good omens, dear listener. But in that case, you're wrong. <laughs> so you're just going to have to live with that fact that you're wrong. And I don't want to have to live through another year of gift sets. It's going to be opinion. so awful. Like, that's, you know, the, the Terry's legacy, whatever. 
I do think it's kind of in bad taste to do it for Neil Gaiman. Um, to do like to to say that it's like they just just make it. You know, I would be more cool with it if it if he said no. This is this second season is just just my thing. You know, the first mm. the first season based on the book I wrote with Terry. This season, um, you know, he's not around anymore. Would be cool if he had contributed to it, but he can't. That would be fine. But he says that it's based on like something that him and Terry came up with like 20 years ago together, and they plotted out the entire thing. And he's just gonna use all of that. And that's like that's weird. I think that's weird to me to say that this is based on something that my dad friend wrote. But of course, I'm gonna make all the money from it. Whatever. Yeah. But that's one thing I, I will be more annoyed by seeing the, seeing all the gifts. Because yeah, the fan, the the good I, omens fans is like a particularly atrocious type of fandom. If they fuck on screen, <laughs> if they fuck on screen, American God style, then I will forgive it as a TV show. <laughs> but that's not going to happen. So unfortunately, I can't. Um, if there's a Death Steel style confession scene where one of them is immediately sent to super hell, then I would enjoy that. I would love I it to be very bad. Um, it will be. But like bad in a way that people know it's bad, which I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be like Destiel bad or uh, like in Game of Thrones season eight bad. I think it's gonna be like early seasons of Game of Thrones bad, where it's like bad but everyone <laughs> pretends it's good. Season three of Game of Thrones bad, yeah, yeah. which is bad, dear listener. It's bad. <laughs> I don't think we have any Game of Thrones like. Listen to Azabat. I think pe- people might listen to this who don't listen to our Song of Ice and Fire podcast and know our, all our opinions on Game of Thrones, which is that it's bad and it's always been bad. I just um, assume that everyone who's listening to us has good opinions. Yeah, but sometimes you don't realize that something's bad um, yeah. until you think back on it. Unlike me, who always knows when something's bad <laughs> and is always proven right every single time. I'm vindicated by history, which is, you know, kind of a superpower. Yeah. A superpower of vindication. <laughs> I can see hindsight... But as my my current site, yeah. So. Oh, that's uh, yeah. that's a great glasses. useful superpower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can tell you the the future. They won't look kindly on this podcast. Uh-oh. I can tell you that. Uh, uh okay. Okay, Should let's we... do the book. Okay, this week we um this week we read um feet of clay 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 feet based also on known the as... Feet of Clay, also, also known, known as, as Vorderköpfe, which is the German yeah. title. It means empty heads. <laughs> Pretty good title, I think. <laughs> I don't mind that one. The heads aren't empty, though. There's literally something in it, yeah. <laughs> it's like the point. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's talking about the watch, which, like, maybe, but I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I mean, it's, like, not empty as in, uh, like, there's nothing in it. It's, like, it's, like... Uh, empty as in... Hollow? Hollow, hollow yes. Heads? Hollow okay, is more that accurate. kind of works. Hollow heads. It's just, it just doesn't, it's just not a thing in English to say hollow heads. It's a Holleköpfer would be a thing to say in German and it would mean empty heads, but it literally means hollow. Okay, so it's like a saying. I guess. That makes sense. It's a yeah. pune. Anyway. Or play on words. A, a pune or play on words. A classic terrorism, <laughs> so he would be proud. Maybe he talked to the translators. Um, do you want to do a summary or do you want to like go through it? Since, considering it's just the it, two of us, I guess. Okay. So yeah, the beginning. That there's a bunch of it's like a mystery. This one again. This one's a mystery. Which the watch ones are. This one's the um, most mystery out of all the watch ones so far. Yeah, it's the most mysterious. I think it has the most like clues. Yeah, which they mention in the book. They mention that there's clues. And yeah. Like ugh, 
clues. Violet <laughs> gets very annoyed that something they, is a clue. They kind of get clues. Yeah. He's like, ugh, I hate detective fiction, <laughs> even though I'm not sure detective fiction exists. In, in, in Why would it? World. Yeah, he's always thinking about, like, ah, oh, detectives are always saying this. And I'm like, what detective? Murder was literally invented, like, a few books ago. Yeah, they invented <laughs> murder. What detective fiction are you talking about? Terry. Plot hole. Ding. Ding. Um, yeah, that, that we meet, uh, there's, it's about golems this time. Golems. My precious. I can't do My the precious. voice. Yeah, not not that not that kind of golem. Hold on, let me let me inhabit the character. <laughs> yes. I'm trying. Precious. <laughs> okay, that's what we can. See. <laughs> Stupid fat hobbits! Okay, there we go. Chess does do uh, funny voices famously on ASOBAM, but we can never see her. Yeah. Uh, I can never see you get into character. Yeah, it's a, it's a physical experience. Mm. I have to really ta- I take on the role Stanislavski style. Yeah, of course. Um, it's a serious matter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> You'd They're think funny play. voices are like a matter of jokes, but actually... It's a serious business. Yeah, it's, a, it's an art form. Yeah. You have to go to college for that. You have to have a distinction a on your master's degree clown for school. that. Yeah. yeah, you have to have a distinction in your museum's master's degree in order to do the correct amount of funny voices and do them right. Uh, yeah, we, we see, we see. you know, there, there's, some, there's some dramatic scenes of a guy... And there's his. He dies. He's like a, a priest of all religions. And then Golem closes his eyes. Presumably, there's a bunch of murders. A bunch of people are murdered. Yeah. Uh, which is the mystery? Is that a bunch of people are being murdered? Right. Classic a bunch mystery. Of people are murdered. Just like a mystery. There's two mysteries because the other mystery is that veterinary is being poisoned. Yes. But we don't know why or by who. I, I mean, don't. we kind of know why, but we yeah. don't know by who. <laughs> I mean, I know. Of course. And I know how. Do you know how? I don't remember. Okay, interesting. Because this is this is a bit that's blatantly based on the fucking... What's it called? The one where it's in the wallpaper? Um, the arsenic... What's it called? The something... Arsenic poison? What, what is that? I don't know. Um, oh, I thought it was a specific, specific sort of... A specific story, but it seems that it was just a thing that existed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> which is that a green wallpaper had arsenic in it, and then it would uh, the yeah. vapors would come out and give people arsenic poisoning. That's not what's happening here, but I think there's allusions to it when they're like trying to look for poison okay. in the room. I swear there was something like that. There was a story where the wallpaper was poisoned. Anyway, yeah, veterinary is being poisoned with arsenic. And he's, it's very distressing. Yeah. Um, His, uh, this is a classic, like you said this in, 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 in the Discord, but this is like a classic uh, fanfic setup where like one guy is like dying and then the other, the other guys have to take care of him. And it's like, but it's the actual dominant one who is now in like a weak position. Yeah. So. Right? Right? Like there's some, there's some this. tension there. I was reading this, I was like, okay, because that's a bit where like, He's like looking after veterinary and he's like getting him a doctor who's a horse doctor who he can trust because you can't trust human doctors because yeah. they love to just kill people. Whereas horse doctors, it's important that the horse stays alive. <laughs> so he's got a horse doctor called Donut like... Jimmy. 
<laughs> Terry has something to unpack there with that one. I think I think it's meant to be more commentary on like you know like twelfth century doctors or whatever oh, I, or eighteenth yeah. century doctors, which is that they you know they used to like seven I don't know what time period this is supposed to be old timey doctors you know yeah. where they like bleed you or leech you or do weird shit to you. Um, but and the then horse you're just doctors. like oh it's God's will yeah. <laughs> It's the horse doctor that's important, which I think is very funny that you have to keep the horse alive. It's very funny. Race. Like that's that's a great some good commentary. It's a great bit. But yeah, that this whole thing where like veterinary's ill and Vimes is like tending to him and then, <laughs> and then like is like hoping for him to say like thank you Vimes yeah. or whatever, but instead he's like, Okay, you can go now and then Vimes gets really mad and like kicks the wall and is just like super mad and I'm like, This is just a classic setup. <laughs> <laughs> I understand now where the fanfic people yeah. are coming from. Yeah, this is before I I wasn't sure, but now I get it. This this really like I I wasn't yeah I wasn't expect I I was just expecting it's just um, two men who talk a lot, so of course yeah. there's gonna be fanfic about that. I didn't expect it to be like this explicit. But then I do think I think it makes sense that this is what people would fixate yeah. on because they do have like this weird relationship yeah. that's like this negotiation of power throughout the, throughout the vines books yeah so i think i think it does make sense that this is the one that they've like picked up on you know the rinse wind and ponder and shit that's just that's, <laughs> that's just nothing men talking to each other but there's there's some i think there's some you know there's some subtext you could work out in these bits yeah so, yeah um he also like comments on patrician's appearance a lot which you know obviously mm-hmm. he's sick but like you know he knew what he looked like before am yeah. I right saw him gay <laughs> behavior <laughs> <laughs> you've been noticing shit that's pretty gay you've been, you've been noticing shit that is pretty gay man um, yeah what else uh, there, there's a bit before this this is like kind of late in, play, in the in the book this is a bit later that we, the, the third that we read but there's other stuff so um, uh, this priest is killed by the golem uh, Dorfel the golem gives another golem who's got like a crown to a guy to work we hear about golems which are basically mechanical clay men with holy words in their heads and you know they do the classic working until you tell them to stop so if you don't tell them to stop they'll just keep working yeah um it's you know we all know what golems are you know it's a, it's a sort of jewish um folk i guess folk story it's is it in it's like a i assume so it's like a, it's just like a tradition sto- traditional story I right think. the prague golem is what it is golem golem i don't know uh, yeah jewish golem. folklore yeah yeah um, I've been to Prague, they talk about yeah. it a lot. This, by the way, the golem on the cover of this book, very pronounced nipples. I didn't think they had nipples. Uh, they they don't have texturally, but look at this guy. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> he looks very interesting. That's not how I imagined them. No, not at all. I don't think, I don't think Mr. Kirby read that bit where the golem is described. Have you seen how they look in the Going Postal series? No. Going. Have you read Going? You've read Going Postal. I've read Going Postal. I haven't seen the. Okay. Series. They look like they look like Crichton. Oh. Oh. To me. That's interesting. I guess, I guess they're they're interesting. They look like fucking. I don't hate it. I always imagine them as looking more like knobbly. Yeah. Because it says they they get really really old, and so they just do loads of like crude repairs with like blobs of clay and shit. Whereas the ones in this look quite smooth. Yeah, this one is this one looks pretty good. I'm gonna image from like some deviant art. 
Oh, I think I, I'm on that one. Is that the one with the tiny moist and yes. the... Yeah, no, I like that. That's how I like imagine them. What the fuck is this really muscly, adorable <laughs> T-Heart fan? I hate, I hate T-Heart. <laughs> it's just, I mean, I know it's a site for puppets, but... God, <laughs> this, this, yeah, this one she is... She looks like a JoJo character. There's some really upsetting ones. So it's just like when you search Velma and Daphne on TV and on Google and it's always pregnant fanfiction. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, anyway. Yeah, so the golems are there. They have holy days where they go, um, but we're told that they don't have a soul. They're just like animated or autonomatons. Autonomatons. But I get the impression that that might not be true. Mm. <laughs> that feels like not true. But I don't know, it's early in the book, so I don't know yet. Yeah. And we're also introduced to fan fave character Cheery Littlebottom. Yay! Who is a female dwarf. She's great. I was surprised at how good she is, like, immediately. She is good. Because she's so, like, desperate. Yeah. And everyone's, like, everyone can tell that she's just, like, very freaked out by everything. And Vimes says he finds her reassuring because someone is having a worse day than he is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like Chiri is like, but I, I I really like the the whole concept of also how like Chiri is introduced as like it's uh, the watch basically discovers forensics. Yes, like that's yeah. This is where forensic science becomes part of the murder investigation, but it has never been done before. So like the, it. so like the imp is like really freaked out by like really thinks Chiri is a pervert for wanting to have a zoom in for a, of a dead body. Yeah, to like getting the getting the pupil of the eye. Yeah, because yeah, Vimes is just like, oh, we need someone who can like look at cigar ash and know what cigars it came that's from a, or whatever. That's a, that's Sherlock, a Sherlock Holmes, Holmes reference. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, I know. Uh, and she knows what they are because he's got the packet on the desk, which is just like Sherlock Holmes. And I, and once again, I don't think Sherlock Holmes would be able, would be able to tell yeah. what cigarettes they came from. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes would, looks the fucking same as Ash. Sherlock Holmes would would one hundred percent say something where he's like uh, he's pretending to do a big deduction, and then it's just because it's on the table like that's Yeah, that's classic shit. Yeah, I also like like in the in the in the cheery introduction that she's like. How came from the alchemist guild uh, because you were looking for alchemists, but I've been kicked out because they blew up the guild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too big of an explosion. Yeah. She's like, I thought they did that all the time. And she's like, yeah, not like this. Like I've been thinking about how just how much better this works than they did it in the show, and like not to this is obviously not a not an episode about the show, but it's it's just so weird that like in the show when it starts, everybody is already like best perfect at what they're doing like yeah it it is very it is very weird because they really they really all appear at the culmination of their character development apart from maybe carrot but then his character development doesn't seem to exist yeah he doesn't have any like there's uh because he doesn't have a character but then in order to have tension they have to like revert the character arcs yeah it's like it's like being season two but like without a season one. Yeah, it's like they skipped a season, right? Yeah. Or two. Or like a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> and again, look, you can adapt things. As we said before, you can adapt things and make them different to the book. It's just like, if the building blocks are there, why would you yeah. deliberately 
leave them out for no reason. Yeah, it's not. Well, it's, if you're gonna come up with something else, then do it good. Then do it good. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Like exactly, exactly. We're all just disappointed. I, I'm not mad that you didn't do Terry's Legacy right or whatever, but it's like it's right there. You can just. And even even if it wasn't right there, like doing the character from the start instead of like from the end, and then do an exposition uh, desert, and then like have a like 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 in, in the yeah, show. I thought this book was really this book was really missing an exposition. Yeah, there's <laughs> so much in the show. Like Cheery is already like perfect forensic expert, uh, and also has gone through the whole like gender thing, and then we get the flashback in the exposition desert and then we have another like past trauma episode <laughs> like you can just do it the yeah. normal way but just have like a story have you a story. know learn about characters through story that doesn't actually have anything to do with them yeah. specifically i don't know like this one perhaps like this in one. which we learn that cheery is a dwarf who feels uncomfortable with dwarvishness which is also the same as masculinity because dwarves are the dwarfish identity is inherently a masculine one yeah so her she feels simultaneously a discomfort with dwarvishness and a discomfort with the masculinity of that dwarvishness um angua can immediately tell that she's a female dwarf and brings it up um and is like i i thought dwarves didn't go in for that and she's like oh i and you know i don't know not that comfortable with it i hate dwarf bars I just want to have like yeah. a chill time. I don't want everyone to yell. I hate beer. I hate axes. I hate the gold song. She hates singing about gold. Um, uh, she's also from Uberwald, which is where Angua is from. Mm-hmm. And because we, this is this is still an Angua book. Yes. Like Angua, Angua's character arc was not. It did not end with Men at Arms. Yeah. Because um, she keeps thinking that she has to leave and that it's safer for everyone if she leaves. But she hasn't yet, so yeah. Who knows where that's going? She keeps thinking about how, uh, oh, she's gonna have to leave Carrot because because uh, mm. it makes because he doesn't like that people don't like her. Like he gets mad when people yes. are being werewolf racist, and she doesn't. <laughs> do what? Just like husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't like it. Yeah, she she keeps thinking that she has to leave and that this is going to really upset everyone and it's going to upset Carrot, but she she's like, oh, it's, you know, it, it, when you're a werewolf, you could turn at any time and you could go eat people. Like, I could, at any point, just become a monster and start eating people. Which is a, is a lot better. Because with her, she doesn't do that normally and that she doesn't have the impulse yeah. to do that normally. But it's just the fact that she thinks it's in her nature that at some point she will turn and become evil which is shared by cherry because cherry also brings this up when she says that she's afraid of werewolves yeah. and that they're they're always gonna even if they look nice they're always like evil inside like naturally and they will always <laughs> gonna eat you Cherry's a little racist with it but it's i think it's understandable it's understandably it's not, done yeah it's and it's not <laughs> it's not like a real life analog for racism because the werewolves where she's from do genuinely go around and like eat people which is anguish family yeah, but it's not like Zootopia. I'm, I'm the best. No, it's not Zootopia <laughs> style. Um, <laughs> Fucking egg white carrot uh, abortion comic. Oh my god. <laughs> A litter of puppies. <laughs> Is that just Harry Potter? Didn't they just... I don't know. Anyway. Um... Uh, what was that? But yeah. I, I do think it's good. Like, it's... 
much like this this is this is the other thing that in the show they were like too afraid to have characters have these types of flaws i guess because because yeah. like they had to do the exposition desert episode episode in a way where like Chiri had her own like past trauma flashback and then Angua had a completely unrelated past trauma flashback about like yeah. killing some other child I killing guess. Killing her best friend. Her best friend child. Her best friend who, who we don't floor. know anything else about. Yeah, it was very sad. Uh, and in this one, it's like, there's so much more sense to tie these two together, right? Like, to have the... Yeah. They're from the same area. <laughs> yeah. Angua's family probably killed Chiri's second cousin. Angua even has to have a minute where she's, like, thinking back whether she's eaten a dwarf yeah. in the past. Which the implication is that she has just murdered people. <laughs> it's um, fine. Some people deserve it. Yeah, I'm not sure <laughs> they did, though. <laughs> which I think it is cool that... I think because Angus family, I mean, it's more, you know, they're touched on more in Fifth Elephant. Yes. That really goes into the detail about what they're like. But, like, she's raised in this environment where you, you know, she probably did, like, do, do murder. <laughs> um, and now she's, like, trying to be a, a good person who doesn't do that. And I think she doesn't necessarily find it hard not to do that, really. Yeah. Like, she thinks she... Most of her feelings to me it seems at this point, is not that she thinks that she wants to do bad things, but just she, she thinks that she might want to do bad things. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That she thinks that there might be some part of her nature that will appear suddenly and like make her want to eat people. Yeah. Or whatever. And it's like a classic character a classic character conflict, I guess. So like a classic like demon that haunts you, uh like fucking Harry Potter when it was good, like when it had mm. when it still had themes it had this thing where he was always afraid that he's going to become evil because there's a snake in his head or whatever. And then later, like, J.K. <laughs> Rowling made it, like, a purely mechanical thing. Yeah, he, like, <laughs> literally had a snake in his yeah. head, yeah. But, like, when it's used as, like, a thematic thing, that can be good. Um, yeah, I think it's her shame at that. And that's, they have the whole this thing where Cherry doesn't know she's a werewolf and keeps saying anti-werewolf yeah. things. Yeah, she's always like, were... oh, I heard there's a werewolf in the watch. Yeah, and was like, that? she thinks it's Nobby. I hope. No, she thinks it's Visit. She thinks it's yeah. Visit. Uh, uh, what's, his, what's his rank? I can't remember. Visit Constable. the infidels with explanatory... Constable... Yeah, Constable Visit the infidel with explanatory pamphlets, which is very funny. Um, <laughs> That's so... He keeps trying to convert vibes. <laughs> Constable Visit is like a classic Terry... Uh, Terry yes. having a... Terry having a bone to pick yeah. with the religious people, yeah. <laughs> Just gonna put that in here, why not? It's... Because the watch, the watch is, like, very... Uh, it's a lot bigger. It's really book. big in this one, or, like, so much more than, than in the last... In the last one, it was just the name. Just the, like, main characters, right? Mm. And now, like, between this and the last, like, the... Like, in the last book, they already, like, established the... What's their secret service called? Uh, Cable Street. The Cable Street Peculiars. Like, they... They already established that, like, as another branch of the watch. And in this one, there's, like, a bit where uh, where he's just listening to veterinary all the people who are, like, standing guard. And it's all, like, other, like, constables we have never heard of. Like, there's a guard going. I think, I think some of the some of the mil- trolls and stuff yeah. who they, like, they drafted during the last book when they had that riot. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, But also other ones. Yeah, and they've got gargoyles, which are, like, 
surveillance, they use this like CCTV uh, because they just stay in one place and like observe things. So they have like surveillance yeah. gargoyles. It's interesting. The watch is interesting in this because it's definitely a lot bigger and it's definitely got all these different parts. And Vimes is because it does follow on from the end of Men at Arms, yeah. where they got all those additional resources. Uh, Vimes was like decided to go back. He like sat down with Carrie and came up with all these plans, and they're like most have mostly been put into into um, practice. We hear about <laughs> we hear about uh, troll drug slab for the first oh, time. Oh yeah, slab dealers that's giving classic. drugs to the kids, the giving dark drugs to kids. That's like such a classic. Uh, how to make a guy instantly evil is <laughs> giving drugs to kids. Giving drugs to kids. Like, maybe the kids want drugs. And... <laughs> <laughs> maybe the kids had bad vibes. But it's fine because uh, Detritus did some some low-key police brutality on that's fine. the drug dealer, so that's fine. <laughs> he was selling drugs to kids, come on. He was selling drugs to kids, so it's cool that he... It is funny. <laughs> I mean, the implications are bad, yeah. but it, it is funny why Detritus and Vimes have this, like, conversation where they both know that detritus was yeah. the one who did this and detritus then has to go like hide the hammer in his locker uh from his own inspection where he's to inspect people's lockers uh but okay terry it's fine it's, it's fine yeah i don't it's, know it's less he, it's more of a joke yeah. to the point where i don't think it's i don't find it as upsetting as like other stuff i was yeah i was like no oh, it's fine like I just thought it was worth noting that. Yeah, yeah. yeah this was like one of those things where you like notice that he uses like an off-color thing, but it's not like a big thing. So mm. I guess we're going all over the plot at this point already. Yeah, fine. we're just we're just we're just I'm picking out bits. Yeah, I'm picking out bits because it's not. It's not li- it like it has like at this point it's it's a lot of vignettes. Yeah, or like scenes. It's not like following one character. It's a lot of different scenes. Yeah, it's like um, three or four different plot lines. I guess. Yeah. Because there's this thing where Vimes goes to get his coat of arms yes. made. Because this, this, this is the Vimes sort of mental struggle of the book. You know, it's, it's his thing, this book. Yes. Is, once again, I hate kings, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, but he's now a, he's now a gentleman. He's a knight. He has to hang around with people who don't, he doesn't like. Uh, everything is done for him. He thought he'd be like cool boss and play cards with the servants but it was like super super awkward because he's their boss it's like your boss just like trying yeah. to like hang out um which was cringe and now he feels terrible about it <laughs> uh he he's having issues and and problems he's being and- calmly angry about a lot of things yeah. Like, it's not, he hasn't had, like, any outbursts or anything, but he's, like, constantly mentally just, like, having the worst time. Yeah, because he likes doing, I think he likes being at work and he likes doing the watch stuff. Yeah. Even though there's loads to organize all the time. He doesn't like, necessarily, like, his position. He feels out of place in a, yeah. in a class sense. Um, yeah, it starts, like, in a in a place where he's, like, shaving and he's, like... He really likes shaving because that's the only thing he still gets to do himself in this house. He he gets to shave himself, and also people keep trying to kill him. Yes. Um, assassins come for him, and he he has loads of clever traps that he's put all around everywhere to like to trap him, which he does, but he doesn't know who's sending them. And uh, but he goes to get a coat of arms, 
And this is the sort of like, oh, you don't belong here thing where he goes to get the coat of arms. It's a very funny scene where the coat of arms painter has to use real animals to do the the horrendous symbols. You can't do it from the head. You've got to have the animals. This is an insane scene. It's so protracted and it comes up so much. It's very good. Like, I really like it. But it's also just like absolutely like mentally deranged stuff that Harry came up with here. He was having a laugh. He was like, what if the hippos actually have to, like, stand on their hind legs and, like, put their, yeah. <laughs> their legs in the air? Wouldn't that be funny? Just having a hard time, like, imagine, like, just imagining this visually. Like, this, this could be, like, a great stuff that they could put in a good adaptation where it's, like, uh, they could do, like, some great visual comedy with just, like, staging all of these. It would be hard, though. You'd have to use CGI and that might look terrible. That would look terrible. That's true. They have so these. They have all these classic animals. like puns or play on words, uh, where there's a there's a more pork on an ank, um, mm-hmm. and this is very clever and highly amusing. It is well because Terry found out that a more pork was a kind of owl. Yeah, and then and then he like ran with it because he he didn't know that one. He came up with the the name. Just some trivia for all our fans. Mm, we love um, trivia. We love trivia, but yeah, he he has lots of fun fun with um, mottos. Like house house words, yes. if you will, um, which are all like humorous pig, like fake. This Latin is an incredible character, like, by jokes. the way. Like dragon king of dragon arms. king of arms, standout mm. character of this book. Yeah, so far, yeah, he's just a he's like a fucked up vampire who is very scary and obsessed with heraldry and also bloodlines and also puns and plays on words. And he also loves puns and plays <laughs> on words. And he likes to make them up and thinks that they're funny. And we hear about all the people who are, like, getting... getting Now they're getting up in the world, they all want a coat of arms, so they all come to get a coat of arms made. Like, you know, like the petty bourgeois getting uh, yeah. getting coats of arms. And he thinks it's disgusting, but he's going to do it because that's what he does. Mm. Um, but not Vimes. Because he's not allowed one. Vine's not allowed one. His has been destroyed or withdrawn because old Stoneface killed the king, the last king of Ankh-Morpork. And even though that guy was Ares Targaryen, it's still <laughs> upsetting that he killed him because he was still a king. He was the king, and also Stoneface was a bit weird. He's like a very, very obviously Oliver, uh, Oliver Cromwell. Yeah. Um, where he he put in a bunch of weird laws and was kind of a strange guy. Very Puritan, which, you know, Oliver Cromwell. But Vime, Vimes is very mad about this. He wasn't mad before, but now he is mad. He didn't, he didn't, want, he didn't want a coat of arms, but now he's not allowed when he's mad about it. He's just mad about it. It's, it's, it's pretty funny how, like, Vimes is the last guy who would, like, care about ancestry. Uh, unless someone tells him that his ancestor was, is the one guy that everyone hates, even though he was right. That's... I think he's also because he he identifies quite a lot with Stoneface yeah. Vimes because he was also commander of the Watch, and he also he is also now called Stoneface by his the people under him, and he also hates kings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he also I think he also perceives himself as like being hated by everyone or at least disliked. At least this, yeah. He... Mm. I that might be also why there's sexual tension between him and Vatinari, because like that's I feel like I don't know they just have this weird thing going on in between them where like Vimes knows that Vatinari is a fucked up guy but he kind of respects how much like <laughs> mm. everyone hates him but is still alive uh, and he's like you know 
better than the alternative, but still not good. Yeah, and how he sort of works, and the city works under him. Yeah. And Vimes works under him. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, because Veterinary quite likes Vimes as well. That's his, like, whole thing, is that he thinks Vimes is, like, a useful guy to have around. Pretty neat. So I'm I'm not saying that there's nothing there if you if you want my opinion. <laughs> um, yeah, but we we hear that um, even though Vimes can't to add insult to injury, not only can Vimes not have a coat of arms, but someone who can have a coat of arms <laughs> is one Mister Nobby Nobs, descendants of the of the what? Nobs family, uh, through an illegitimate child with a with a maid. Is the last remaining Nobs heir, Nobby Nobs. Not Nobby. Who has a coat of arms and is also um has like a like an old ring that his dad left him, which sort of proves his his nobility. And Vimes is very upset by this. It's pretty upsetting. I'm upset by this. Yeah. Well he's he's you know, he's joined the peeled nuts. This is this this also makes Vimes mad. He's joined like historical reenactors. In order he's to mad do, at like... so many things. <laughs> he's always mad. Um that's kind of his character, but yeah, yeah, he's um he's joined the peeled nuts who do historical reenactment and they're doing the civil war of Angmorfork and no one wants to play Stoneface Vimes, <laughs> but everyone wants to play the insane king, Leopold. And um so they're just using like a dummy to be stone-faced Vimes and then they burn it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get it? Do you get it? And Vimes is really pissed off by this. <laughs> and he's like, sometimes history needs a butcher to do to do the work of what the people need. So yeah. now 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 Terry's pro-revolution, so. That's good. Good to note. Uh let's remember this for later. Um <laughs> Jot that down. In your in your book, in your like in your little graph of Terry's opinions, now he's pro certain kinds of revolution. He's pro regicide. Yeah, he just doesn't like mass movements. I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't like the people. I just feel like he he, he, thinks he thinks more. A guy ab- should do it. I just feel like he thinks more about like British history than like yes. Chinese history. <laughs> I think that's definitely true. <laughs> um. Mm. I want, I, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else to say about like the whole coat of arms stuff. He gets mad about the king. There's a few plays on words. Uh, one of the things there's actually there's a clue. Yes. In the coat of arms scene about the murders, but I won't tell you what it is because no. it's a spoiler. Spoiler. So. No spoilers. There's a uh, one of the at the beginning of the book. There's also like drawings of all the coats of arms, mm. which I found very. Helpful. Oh, I don't have the book because I can't find it. So I'm just using a very legal ebook oh. that I have. So I, I, I didn't have any of the footnotes either, which was really sad. Oh, that's bad. I don't oh. think there were any like really outstanding footnotes so far. Um, it's just sad not to have them. I, I think I feel like it's one I let someone borrow. Oh, and it just hasn't been returned. That's a classic situation to be in. But one of the one of the symbols on Vimes' coats, or on like the, the Vimes coats of Vimes, is a Fuscus symbolizing it is an officer of the law. Yeah, it makes you think. <laughs> what are you saying with that, Terry? I thought, you, I thought you liked cops. Do you like the police, or do you not like the police, Terry? I mean, he likes the cops in Vimes' books, but he doesn't like the cops in Witch's books, so I think yeah. he's like, you know. Yeah, which, if you don't know, is a bundle of sticks with an axe in it, which is 
a Roman a Roman symbol illustrating how a society is stronger when all the people are together, but then is also where the term fascist comes from because it was later used by Italian fascists mm. when they invented fascism. The other thing that's in his grape uh, his coat of arms is the bunch of grapes for vines. Do you get it? It's wordplay. It's nothing to get. It's barely wordplay. <laughs> and then Vimes says, ah, the art of bat putting. But like, this is classic Terry bit where he, where he does a bat but pun and then draws attention to, to it. <laughs> Just to can't resist so making he's it. He's like, wow, look how bad these are. And it's like, yep, Terry, you're the one making them. <laughs> you're the one who did a whole bit about geese. Geese, do you get it? Hold on. Um, actually, it's pronounced gas. There we go. <laughs> My George impression. <laughs> yeah, the art of bat finding. It's what Terry's saying here. Yeah. Uh, art brought forth a candle. There's one for a candle maker. That's very funny. That's very good. Because the guy's called Arthur, yeah. so art brought forth a candle. <laughs> yeah, the Nobby is one of them. We've talked about that. Uh, this is a guy whose head been smashed in with dwarf's bread. What, what about that? Yeah, we've definitely had dwarf bread mentioned before, right? Oh, yeah. Several times. We must have done, yeah. Yeah, within... I was going to mention how much I love Carrot in this in this short section of book. I love Carrot. He's great. He's such an insane character. <laughs> I love how, like... <laughs> the bit where... He's like a mixture of, like, the most charismatic guy you've ever met. And also, like, that guy who's obsessed with trains. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He'll be like, he'll know everyone and he knows where they live and who they are and what they do, but also he insists on taking his girlfriend to, to like, these really annoying museums yeah. that she's, like, really, very obviously bored and hates, and she's, like, very, Angus very sarcastic the whole time, and he just doesn't get it, but she's just doing it, like, for her own amusement and satisfaction. <laughs> and there's a great bit where Vine, because they, they find this guy dead at the Dwarf Bread Museum. Um, important locale that we will see again in the future. Mm. And um, they call Vimes in, and when Vimes comes in, um, Carrot's like, don't, don't you remember when I came to show you, when I showed you this a few weeks ago, implying that he also makes Vimes come to the Dwarf Bread Museum with him to look at Dwarf Bread. <laughs> <laughs> he just loves Dwarf Bread. Yeah, because there, there, there's like this other thing about him that he... He really values his dwarf heritage, even though he isn't yes. one. Like when when he first sees Cheery, he immediately like talks to her in dwarfish and says, "Angua, show how show how much dwarfish you already learned." Yeah, and that's how she gives it. She gives it away though, because um, she says something, and then Carrot's like, "Haha, you said small mining implement of a feminine nature," which is how Cheery realizes that she's been like clocked. Yeah. <laughs> which is is interesting but yeah no i just like the idea that carrot and vimes have this kind of friendship where carrot will also make him come visit museums with him on their date on his day yeah. off i think that's really funny because we don't really get that indication of that in other places but that just one scene i was like oh, okay it's nice that they're that they're friends you know and carrot is like the only i think he'd be the only one of the watchmen who who would like consider hanging out with his colleagues in his free time because he just considers like everyone his friend, which is kind of nice. Like, I'd see yeah. why you'd get annoyed with like a coworker like that, but like his character is so genuine about it that it's like yeah, 
country. He writes, still there. writes to his parents, but he doesn't want to mention how many murders he has to see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he still feels uh, uncomfortable writing "damn" without uh, w- without censoring it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's so funny because he's just so. He's just a, he's a really. I don't think there's any other character like him in fiction yeah. who that I've ever read that like combines sort of weird, almost like like a parody of naivety, like so naive that it's like bizarre. But also combined with like an insane charisma, where he can basically make anyone do anything at any time if he wants them to. Yeah, it's such a he is such an interesting and cool character. I love Carrot. He is like, and and, and you're right. Like it's it's don't. He's not like he's not like an archetype, yeah. right? Like he's just like I don't know. Yeah. New. He's a new guy. New, new type guy of just guy. Dropped. Yeah. It's yeah. I don't know. Terry does a. That's that's something he does really well, I think. Like just tap into very specific characters where you're like, mm. of course, yeah, this character totally makes sense, and even though it's like something you haven't like really seen that way before. Like I think a lot of his yeah. characters can do that. Uh, and honestly, like, I don't know how he does that. Like we've been writing a book, and it's not easy to come it's up with so easy characters who are like so specific i guess and like to i mean it, it's hard because our book that we write is very much um, yeah of course confined within genre limitations by its own nature where you can't i mean you did create the character judy pie <laughs> um that's true based on, <laughs> based on based on no no living person um <laughs> living or dead uh <laughs> But I think I think it is definitely like one of his biggest skills is is character stuff and coming up with just like the most true to life but also funny and like definitely drawn characters. Like he did that in Masquerade, like we said, yeah. where he just creates this guy who's just a guy going to watch the opera and he just is like, What if I make this guy who has all these like traits that are like I'm gonna describe to you and it's gonna seem very like well realized yeah. even though he's in two scenes. Yeah, you know, he's like barely relevant to the plot. Like he was really just yeah. there to to like give to it make a joke about opera. Right. Like it was just <laughs> it was just like flavor, I guess. I do think it's really cool how much mileage Terry gets out of dwarf bread. Like <laughs> Yes. Over the entire also an incredible is, concept. I feel like yeah, right. Like dwarf bread doesn't seem like a concept that is like taken from anywhere, right? Yeah, it's not like a Lord of the Rings joke, unless it's about... No, it is a Lord of the Rings joke, never mind. <laughs> yeah, well, it is initially, because he says it's like, um, it's bread that'll last you oh, for, yeah, yeah. for months, like lumber spread, it's, but it's just because you can't eat it, because yeah. it's made of rock, and <laughs> you just sort of have it, and it's dwarf bread. Yeah, so, but, but that, 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 then my point still stands, like, it's, yeah. it's just this it's like insane very... concept that he comes up with, like, as a joke, and then he keeps, like, building on it and building on it, and it's, like, it becomes this, like, defining cultural thing for, like, mm. for, like, this entire species of, of dwarves, like, all dwarves are gonna be, like, they're gonna be, like, crying when they see dwarf bread. Yeah, because uh, it reminds them of home. It reminds them of home. <laughs> it's gonna the, yeah. the, when the, when like the bread baker is like killed, uh, the like battle bread guy. Battle his bread. his at first he's just like really upset that like the dwarf bread has a little dent in it now because uh, mm. it was so well done. 
um, in yeah. such a waste. Because it's a craft. Yeah, there's all these other, like, it's a, it's like a battle bread museum. It's a historical battle bread. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> there's, like, all these other types of breads that can be used in deadly ways. You can just, there's, like, battle scones. Yeah. Um, which is great, and dwarf bread is going to still be important in, like, other future books where it's, like... Well, yeah, this the Dwarf Bread Museum, it's coming back. Yeah. It's coming back. Next next watch book. Keep your eye out. That's going to be very dwarf-centric. It is really, That one really is a continuation of this book in a lot of ways, actually. Which one? Uh, Fifth Elephant. Yeah, but Jingo is, is between them still. God, I forgot. Which I haven't read. It doesn't That's seem why... to change any... It doesn't change any of the characters yeah. in a significant enough way where my mind just thinks that Fifth Elephant must come immediately after this one. I mean, I, I haven't read Jingo... Uh, I have read Fifth Elephant, and I didn't. I didn't. I only noticed like when we started this podcast that there was like one that I that I skipped of the watchbooks, because uh, it's like yeah, it's such a such a clear continuation of this one. It's a very Vimes centric one, Jingo. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, a lot of veterinary content in that one. Uh, he has his own adventure. Okay. With with not with Nobby. Not being veterinary. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Fan fiction as concept, but <laughs> I heard there's some bad stuff in that. But if it has not being veterinary, uh... there is bad stuff. I mean, we'll get there. We'll get, we'll there. get there. There's like, going to be a lot to talk about with Jingo. I think <laughs> there are elements of it that I do like, uh-huh. but there's like a lot of elements that are like not great. Yeah, but I can't remember how much. How long is that? Isn't that which is one? That a long book, Jingo. Jingo. I don't know because I haven't yes. read it. I don't have it. I know that Fifth Elephant is really long. Like that's like yes. I've been looking yeah. at my bookshelf and that's like four hundred fifty pages. Wedge. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking because I was thinking that Fifth Elephant is a lot. I think that as well is a lot longer than Jingo could be. Hold on, I'm just gonna go. Grab okay. Look. Just, just like got it. Great work on the cover here, friendo Paul. Uh, very racist. <laughs> you see this? Oh, wow. That's... Oh, that's not great. Uh, okay. I don't love that. Not great. It's quite... It's quite hefty. It does seem quite long. How many pages is um, that? Uh, 413. Okay, so it's about as long as this one. Oh, that's the one where he becomes a duke. That's what, ha- that's what changes. I thought that was at the end of this one, but that must be at the end of that one. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> it's not that significant, yeah. really. But that, that's why the plot of Fifth Elephant can happen, because he's a duke, so he gets to be a... Um, oh, that makes sense. He gets to be an ambassador. I do really like the scene where, like, Chiri and Angua are, like, do Where Chiri, where yes. Angua is, like, questioning the golem. That's, uh... Yeah, because this is, once again, that thing about, like, people... <laughs> Everyone, everyone, they just, you know, they want to find someone who's who they can hate who's, like, lower than them down the pecking order. And, like, how Carrot hated undead in Men at Arms. Yeah. And the undead hate the unalive, <laughs> which is Golem. <laughs> it's, it's really, I think the Golem is really good. Like, it's yeah. really good, like, robot stuff, like, classic, like... Uh, it is robot stuff, like yeah. classic fantasy or classic science fiction type robot stuff with like them having the script and the rules and like oh a robot killed someone it can't be because they have the asm of programming there's asm of robot rules 
But it also, I swear, like it also like contradicts her when she's having a conversation with it, where it's almost like it it the golem the golem is being like sarcastic, yeah. which is like, well, if it's not a if it's an automaton, how is it being sarcastic? It and makes you it, think. Like, and scotches this and is able to do that, but she doesn't seem to really what pick up on it. What if robots can do out of consciousness? It's just, I just think the like it's it's atmospherically really well done. Like the way uh, Cherry like never seen these. Uh, she's like, what the fuck? You just opened its head? <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's weird. I like. I think Terry likes to do like body buddy cop stuff where he separates people into yeah. into twos. And then like gets them to like play off each other in these, which I think is a good idea because we had it with um, uh, Cadi and Detritus yeah. in the last one, and in this one it's Cherry and Angora, and it's a similar sort of thing where like they're meant to they're meant to like hate each other. Except in this one, I don't think Angora particularly feels she doesn't hate no. dwarves. Or no, anything. it's, it's different. That I think it's a different. It's sort a different of vibe dynamic. Yeah, it's uh... yeah. Cherry hates werewolves. Angora wants to help her out and likes her but doesn't want yeah. her to know that she's a werewolf and thinks that they can be friends because no one else wants to be friends with her really because she's a werewolf but Cherry will as long as she doesn't know that she's a werewolf yeah um and they go on they go on friend sort of crime finding adventures crime solving adventures they investigate some clay that they found at one of the murders which Angua could smell and they find like a clay place and they learn it's like a shitty kind of clay called like Grog or something, Grag, Grog. But that also, the, and the clay guy's like, "This, you could get this anywhere." Yeah. Also, some of my clay was stolen. Mm. Um, may that be a clue? Maybe. There's a great bit with Carrot and Angua where they solve a crime of these guys who are like stealing from. Oh yeah. This dwarf's car. <laughs> I was gonna mention that earlier. <laughs> it's so funny. Carrot. The whole the whole thing is really funny. They they like they stop the car and they intimidate them using hashtag loaded wolf, which is Angua, and 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 the the dwarf is like, ah, oh, you can, I'll say, thank you so much, you know, uh, I must be able to do something for you, and then Karen's like, well, you know, the the watch is entitled to protect anyone who pays their taxes. <laughs> that's and um, that's gonna be like one of the best best like tax uh tax paying jokes that Terry made like because then carrots like i'm gonna help you help you i'm gonna help you with your taxes i'm gonna come by next tuesday i will bring the formulas <laughs> i'll bring the forms you can fill out and then he's just like he gets really when they leave he gets really mad at the thieves because he was getting on so well not paying his yeah. taxes and now he has to pay his taxes yeah they were probably like stealing less than what he has to pay paying taxes now yeah it's a classic terrible bit. Vimes is thinking that kings are evil because they're a different kind of human being and the humans are designed in a way that they they have a blind spot for kings. Which Well he's like well he it's, it's more that he's like people think that kings are kings that present yeah. themselves as being like genetically superior, which is bullshit. And then people are like, Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> It is also like there's you. no amount of history, no, there's not never gonna be a type of people who doesn't wish like they had a king all of a sudden. Yes, like he's he's just, like that's it's like back to God's God's shit. Yeah. yeah, when it comes up like in every single watchbook, like Terry just can't let that go. I think it it definitely does in the beginning ones, which will have similar sort yeah. of 
villains? Similar themes. Like, I think it'll be, it's different starting with Jingo. Yeah, I know Nightwatch is, is very stupid. I know Nightwatch was very different. Uh. Nightwatch, that's a crazy book. <laughs> I genuinely can't remember. I feel like that book was very sad. Yeah. Um, that was like my mom read that because she read like some Terry Pratchett books. Uh, and she like likes them well enough. Like she thinks they're very funny, which is true. But then yeah. she read Nightwatch, and I think she hasn't read any of the like later books. Like by later, I mean like from second half, I guess. Like she mostly read like the mm. funny comedy ones, and she also hasn't like really read many of the Watch books. So she was like, I didn't like that one because it wasn't very funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very funny. It's mostly like. Because that one, I feel... That one's, like, really good Vimes pro- character It's pro-revolution. Like, yes. Yeah. That's And that's why it's, like... I don't think that one you're gonna appreciate very much if you don't know Vimes already, like, from the previous books. Yeah, if you're not invested... Or, or even if you don't know Ant book yeah. very well. Because it's so much about, like, the history of Ant book And also... Because Vedan- it's, like, teen veterinaries in that. Um, which once again, teen veterinary meeting. <laughs> What's that about? Interesting. <laughs> so much. I genuinely didn't expect there's gonna be so much to that. There's so much. There's so much in the in the Vines veterinary ship. It's like Sybil hasn't even been in this book. Like I don't um, think we made fun of the Tumblr sexy man wiki to put veterinary on it and like i'm not sure he's a sexy man but he's definitely like a sexy man like in in, in a way they, they're all right like, they are right is the problem yeah, yeah. I, they might be right after, yeah after he, all he's like, like he's like an evil gentleman like he's is definitely like written in a way where you're like hmm, hmm. what an enigmatic and interesting character <laughs> i can't help but notice his hairline uh, I can't help but notice his hairline and his beard and his his and his like his pale yeah. fingers pressed pale together. Complexion. I'm obsessed with his clock, which is designed to oh tick. Oh my god! Uh, That's so good. <laughs> Such a good bit. Such a cherry. The other bit I just remembered uh, is like the stupid bit about like the imp that uh, Vimes has that yes. is like multifunctional. Like it can do like it has like 15 different programs, but can't do any of them right. What do they? Because is it's not. Do they call it the disorganizer in this one, or is that later? I think they didn't call it that yet. It's just okay. This is a recurring bit, which is about his stupid imp, uh, personal assistance, uh, like disorganizers. There must be like like a file of facts or something, but it but it talks, and they're always useless and aren't particularly helpful. This is just like <laughs> a recurring bit with Vimes. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't really see the point, but it is very funny. Like there's. Just jokes. Funny in it how it's always wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell you the time in in anywhere. <laughs> how is that useful? Well, if someone asks, you could just you know you could give them the fun fact, which is what the time is. Yeah, it's gonna be like I can set you a reminder. Uh, or what was it? Was like I can I can take a personal note, and then Vimes says what the note was supposed to be, and then it's gonna be like, oh wait, was I supposed to take that note? Well, it says he. It says he can recognize handwriting as well. And then oh, Mike that that bit was like, a, yeah, yeah that's, that was that's definitely handwriting. <laughs> and he's stupid. like, and he's like, yeah, but what does it say? And he's like, what? It can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> the I, the handwriting bit was 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 the joke Very that funny. killed me the most. Like that. Yeah. 
this is just just a really good joke. Classic. Um, you had to be there. You had to be there reading this book, folks, which you are doing, obviously. Yeah, if you're not reading along, why why are you listening? It's not exactly not like we're charismatic and funny and yeah, we're the Captain Carrot of podcasting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you love it. You love listening to this. There's like there's like um, also like other bits about how uh, what else there is in the book. Like Angua is also like like doesn't understand why there's a 300 year celebration of the Civil War, which is like. That's that's like a recurring bit from like the previous one, right? Like th- about how the Ankh Park Civil War was just like Ankh Park against Ankh Park. So like they're celebrating winning the Civil War, but also losing it. I think that's an America joke. I think so. <laughs> it's got to be. This is this is like how my dad calls the War of Independence in America the Civil War, the first Civil War, uh-huh. and then like <laughs> used to really piss people off. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, you know, they were English, so a lot of them were. Um, I do think, like, I don't know, the, like, weird racist southern people might not, like, the confederate people might not, celebrate, might not celebrate in the same way. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, but that's, that's Maybe it's nuance, France as well. Like, is there, like, a French celebration of the... Is that a civil war? They, they just have the, like, yeah, the revol- like the storm on the Bastille. Mm. Yeah, the Bastille. Yeah, they celebrate having killed their kings, which is good. It's pretty good. But they're like they're like hyped about it, whereas in Antwerp, yeah. they all seem kind of sad about it. Nobody so you wants know the British to play Stoneface because he was weird looking. He was like a grumpy guy. He's grumpy. It was, was no grumpy. fun. He killed the king. Yeah, he did. He killed the king, which is cringe. It's cringe to kill a king. Yeah, and he was a king after all. What else happened in this book? That's, that's quite a lot. It's quite dense, really. It is they a go lot. to the beer. As I mentioned in my intro, they go to beers, which is like the undead oh, yeah. bar, which is simultaneously like cool because it's where you go to hang with other undead, but also extremely hostile. Yeah. <laughs> and like, this is the is this the first time we've met a bogeyman? No, mm. we didn't. We, no, we saw the guy we had in um in Reaper Man, I think Reaper Man, but he was a nice one, whereas this guy is yeah. a dick. You have to throw um, a blanket on him. Yeah, he grabs Angua, like, very... And is like, the Baron wants to know what's going on. Mm, what mm. could that mean? Could it some- be something to do with the family of <laughs> werewolves that Cherry was talking about? Um, but she puts the blanket on him. Which might be the first time that's been mentioned? I think that's the first time, yeah. I don't think we've had that yet. Yeah, listen, so this is how it works. If you're If a bogeyman comes for you... And you put your head under the blanket, the bogeyman disappears. This is science. So if you put the blanket on the bogeyman, then it experiences existential terror <laughs> and like freaks out. Great stuff. This will also come up a lot in Hogfather. It's a little a very cruel, bo- but it's the only way. centric book. It's the only thing that works. Yeah. There's a, there's like, a great you know. bit about how like there's this old lady coming in. Yeah. Who's like, um, who like thinks that the bartender is like her dead husband or something, Mm-mm. and nobody wants to tell her. Yeah, she thinks it's the same bar as it was like fifty yeah. years ago. But everyone's just like looks after her and makes sure that no one hurts her. Everyone else is undead, and there's then there's just this just one nice old lady. Yeah, and Cherry's like, gosh, I hope there aren't any werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> God. She was so Jerry's great. So I funny. like the 
I do like the chemistry between her and Angua. Like the, it's a, it's a, it's a fun dynamic. Can't wait yeah. to see how that shakes out. I hope they become friends. I hope she doesn't fight it like Cuddy did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope she doesn't just swallow a hole. Apparently, she wears a silver silver chain mail uh, under under her mm. armor. Yeah, I do like how uh, I, I like. I it, it feels like feels like a subtle little character development for like the Tritos that like it isn't it isn't really stated that he's like sad about Caddy or whatever, but like he there's like these bits where he's like more respectful to Cheery than he like was to like Caddy initially, because like now he respects dwarves. Yeah, he's learned he's 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 friends with dwarves now. Yeah. Which is cool. I think he Yeah, there's 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 like Vimes hashtag Vimes microaggressions <laughs> that Cherry notices. <laughs> where where he's like he's like, Oh, you and you and Angor are both from Uber Walls. Maybe you have like friends in common or something. <laughs> and she's like, Okay, but then also maybe like they probably do at the same time. <laughs> or like knows the same people if you catch my drift because Angor's family are like the insane despots of Ubervolt. But yeah. um but yeah, and he he does some other like. But he also knows where she's from based on her name, which most humans don't because they can't tell between dwarfs. And he also doesn't laugh at her name, which is Cheery Littlebottom, except he does, so but funny. only when she's left the room. <laughs> <laughs> she like she's she's really trying to dig for it, so she keeps telling him about like her dad's name and like her family's names, so that so that it's like get it over with. Yeah. But he won't laugh. He's yeah, she's like really unsettled by him not laughing like that. She she just wants to get it out of the way immediately, and that makes her really uncomfortable. That he seems to be like seems to have like a normal reaction to it. Yeah, he's just being polite. He's grown a lot as a person. He's he's been a good boss. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I think really enjoyed this third of a book. As thirds of books go, it's pretty good. As thirds of books go, it's it's really like because I think I think it's noticeable how he's like starting to like get a hang on these books, like the on on the watch books specifically. (laughs) Yeah, he starts to he starts to understand a little bit better how to make an intriguing mystery uh, than he did at the Mm. start. Like not that those weren't good books or whatever, but it's like he's just really. He just really likes to like, or or in this one he just really does a lot of like. Uh, you know, here's a murder, and there's a clue, and there's another clue, and what could that mean? What could the other thing mean? Who poisoned veterinary? How? What's that? What's that religious uh, text that was found at one of the scene? What could that be? Yeah. So the 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 priest guy who died had a religious scroll put into his mouth. Makes you think. Mm. He also died like in a weird way where like his arms were crossed. Uh like he died in a way that like you can't like naturally die in that body position, but it also didn't yeah, someone... seem like someone put it put him there. Like there was Angua didn't smell any scent or whatever. Yeah, and in the dwarf boat place she didn't seem to smell any scent there either. Interesting. About, like, um... Also in his dead in his dying eye, because his eye caught the final image, like in real life. Um there's like two two red dots, like eyes, mm. like burning eyes of like a guy who's made of clay and mm, like a golem. <laughs> and there's also burn. clay in some place. Um, clay was in one place, and one place was like a place with an oven in it. Yeah, I mean it's. I don't know. 
But I think it's it's done in a more interesting way than it was in Men at Arms because like Golems is a Golems is just a more cool. Golems is just a more interesting like storytelling device it's than more Gun. Interesting than Gun. <laughs> gun wasn't that interesting. Golems gun... as a as a as a concept are more interesting. A gun is just a gun. We know what that is, even if it was new to the world. But but in this one, it's like okay, and even if it was a Golem, like did it do it by himself? Uh, did someone program it that way? Who could that have been? Like, there's how could it have killed people when it doesn't have a soul? Yeah, isn't it a tool? Can it even Just kill people? Nothing in it. Can it murder? Can a hammer kill? Can a gun kill? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you we established that guns can kill because they're evil yeah. inherently and they've got brains in them. But can a golem, <laughs> which doesn't have a brain in it, can a no brain, kill? just sarcasm. No brain, but it can make funny quips to itself, yeah. which no one notices. So who knows if it's real or not? I don't know. Yeah, there's like a there's like a final bit where like the golem tells the slaughterhouse owner that it's gonna shut down because it's a uh, it's a holy day. It's a holy day. And then shop on, or the slaughterhouse it's a owner is day. like, this has been a lot of holy days recently. What's up with that? Yeah, it's like, holy. I don't make the rules. Mm. And also a priest Probably. died. That's interesting. Yeah. You have to make them do holy days, days else they'll just shut down and stop working. So Yeah. But also we hear that there was a guy who ordered his golem to destroy itself with a hammer and then it did, which is... <laughs> That's fucked up. Fucked up, <laughs> in my opinion. We'll see how how it develops, but you know, it's pretty cool. It's pretty mythic. This yeah, book. there's some like mythic shit going on. Um, yeah, I was just gonna say like the the eternal do robots have a soul? Are they people? Tune mm. in to find out next week, I guess. Tune we'll in. learn more about golems. Yeah, and who's poisoning Venari? And how are they poisoning him? Because Cherry comes in and like replaces the rug and like yeah. takes out all the food and does all. Because the... there's another there's another hashtag Viminary uh, <laughs> bit uh-huh. <laughs> where he's like, you need to drink some water, and he's like, ah, but who can you trust, Vimes? So Vimes has to go get the water himself and like <laughs> give him the water. <laughs> God. Hold it to his mouth, and let him drink it. Yeah, this, it's it's certainly a dynamic. It's real. I think it's, it's real, real and I believe in it. Yeah. I'm scenario real. Yeah. Hashtag. All right. Spread the word, guys. Okay. Do you have anything else to say about this book? Uh, probably, but my throat hurts. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think I'm good. <laughs> okay. Well, this was our low-key chill vibes episode of Who Watches the Watch with your pals, Chaz and Janosch, that you love. Um... I thought it was alright. Well, that was a pretty good episode, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Hopefully the gang will be back for the next episode, where we'll do part two of... Part two. Uh, part two of Feet of Clay, Clay Feet. Um, empty heads. And we'll, we'll learn more... <laughs> empty heads. We'll learn more about Golem Mystery, which is exciting. And who poisoned Venari? It was me. <laughs> it was me who whom did it. Who poisoned there is, there is, Oh, there's this great thing about... Um, like how everyone knows that Carrot is the king. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Vimes is like, who would even have a motive to poison Veterinary? And he's like, oh, me everyone. And Carrot. 
everyone, but also kind of not. And only really me and Carrot yeah. have have the big. We have the biggest motives. So I want to keep Carrot away from him. So if he dies, no one can say that Carrot did it. <laughs> so he won't let Carrot investigate, which is you know interesting. Mm. But Vimes is like they're just going to accuse me, aren't they? But... Is it gay to keep like other men away from someone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the most gay a, a man can be. Sus behavior, in my opinion, vines. Just question your motives, you know. Look deeper, dig is deeper, it, do some self-exploration. Is it gay to be the person who has a motive to kill someone? <laughs> I mean, it's normally, like, people who are romantically involved who kill each other or, like, have some sort of form of close relationship, mm. traditionally. Have you seen the movie The Phantom Thread? No. That's, like, about... Uh, toxic relationship where like, where like toxic. one of them one of the like one of them keeps poisoning the other one because because uh because she only likes him when he's like really submissive but then it turns out in a big twist at oh, the Man- end munchausen by proxy yeah, yeah it, but in the end it turns out that he also likes it when she poisons him yeah i mean that's um i don't know if i want to spoil it for people but that's kind of also the plot of Sharp Objects uh, by Gillian Flynn. I think you can poison Sharp Objects by Gillian Flynn. I don't think that many... It's really good, though. If you want to like read that book or watch that series, I think the series is really cool. Amy Adams, very slow. People got mad because it was slow, but I like slow. Mm. I have only read her Satanic Panic book. It's fine. I think this is good. It's like... I think Gone Girl's better written, but I think it, yeah. this is an intriguing, intriguing power dynamics. <laughs> going on but it's like she goes back and her mum her mum like poisons her daughter to keep her like within her control Uh but also but also like she knows she's being poisoned and she like submits to it because like it's like the the sort of the agreement like the unspoken agreement is that she's under her mum's control and in return her mum's like obsessed with her and doesn't like pay attention to other anything else um but then her mum starts hanging like looking after other girls in the community and so the girl uh like kills the other girls <laughs> in like really <laughs> awful ways and like steals their teeth um <laughs> to make her dollhouse to make the Great. floor of her fucking creepy dollhouse. In, in, in the phantom thread it's like for a really long time we think i guess i guess i've already spoiled the twist of the movie but like for a really long time we think that She's only poisoning him, and he doesn't know. And then, and then there's like an incredible moment where, like, where like she's she makes him the mushroom dish, where we have found out that the mushrooms are poisonous. And mm. uh, she makes him the mushrooms, and then as he takes a bite, he's like, "Kiss with me, be- kiss me before I fall unconscious again." <laughs> it's like, it's 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 a very good movie. It's like really fucked that up dynamic. Rules. I like that. But yeah, that's exactly like Vimes and Venari. Venari yeah. is being poisoned by Vimes in order to like. <laughs> that's the twist of this book. <laughs> is that it is Vimes who's doing it, and he's doing it so that he gets to look after Venari and like grow- become closer to him because yeah. he's the only person he can trust. So that's like yeah. It's gonna end with like all the watch being there, and they're gonna agree that they don't, they won't tell everyone, anyone that he, it was him. But he's gonna yeah. have to stop doing it. Yeah, and, and they have to have like a, a more normal relationship, yeah. but it's like it can never quite be the same again. Yeah, it's um, gonna be some shit like I don't know, just spitballing here. 
turning out that Sybil is pregnant, so now that he can't, like, he has to be with her or something, I don't know. That would be fucked up. That would never happen. No. That would be so sad. That would really, <laughs> that would really damage their relationship. <laughs> um, uh, there's quite a lot of fan fiction that's like, Civil veterinary vimes OT three stuff though, really? which is also interesting. Yeah, like she knows about it and she's like, fine. She's just like, oh, yeah, I, th- just I like see. Polyamory. Um. Anyway, um, <laughs> like this has been who wishes to watch. If you want more, you can you can Hotspell be out. It'd be, It'd be out. out. You can you can listen to the podcast uh, on our Patreon, or you can buy the ebook on Amazon, or you can buy the physical copy on Amazon. We know Amazon is bad, but, you know... It's we, good when it's our book. It's fine when it's us. That's right. Leftist hypocrisy strikes again. <laughs> um, you can... Or you can just, like, give us money and listen to the podcast version of it. Or re- or listen to the audiobook, which isn't out yet and isn't made yet, but will be made at some point. It will be. Um, and if you want to donate to our Patreon, you can get all the Hasbro episodes as well as other bonus stuff, like... Watching Neil Breen movies yeah. just for, for three euros a month. You also and get that, the f- just that helps us do our stuff and remain alive and things. You also get the full ebook to Heartspell if you donate to our Patreon. So you know if you want to find a find an ethical way. If you want to, that's right. Buy the book. <laughs> We're making you. It's actually cheaper to give to our Patreon and get the ebook. Yeah, and we get more money buy. of it probably. Yeah, so that's like a better. <laughs> It's mainly on Amazon to trick, the, the problem to trick is, young adult novel fans. The, That's like why it's on Amazon. The only issue with the giving the uh, money to our Patreon is that George also gets some of it if you do that. Yeah. Whereas if you buy it on Amazon, only only the people who actually wrote the book get it. But you know, listen. Do you want to give it to the authors, or do you want George to be included? <laughs> because if you want George to be included, you should give to the Patreon. But unfortunately, you know, George will be included, which is you know yeah. might be the positive, might be the negative. It's better to do the pretty sure. Give us money on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can give us five euros and have your name shouted out like these beautiful people. My friend of the show, Tom. Uh, hang the tank. I know. It's just me. And I'm not the one who makes the noises. I'll, I'll think of some noises. Oh, okay. shit. <laughs> Fuck. Well, I'm just going to keep reading. Taryn. Okay. Ray Carter. Well, hey. Woohoo. Milk Succubus. Woohoo. Memories of all those we've lost. Never forget. Hey, Justin Crandall. Macarena. <laughs> Evan DM. I dream uh, of that place, Silent Hill. Okay. Special thanks to our 10 European strong and the uncles of the show, whom are Slam Simon, Sarah McClintock, Clash Caroline, oh. Victor mm. Zikoff, Treadwife, uh-huh, Big uh-huh. Flat Band, and uh-huh. Agnes. Hmm. Yes, thank you to all those beautiful people whom we are very grateful to because we love getting money and it allows us to do what we do, which money. is a lot for you. I remember to also grateful. Like, if you if you if you buy Hartsburg, just like leave a live a five star review on Amazon if you buy it. Yeah, there. um yeah, give us some, some positive reviews for this podcast. Because everyone reviews. hates it so much and always gives us negative. Oh, give us yeah, give us give us <laughs> And a yet we on. continue. You know, and yet we persist. So that's really important. There's good reviews everywhere, which at this point is iTunes, Goodreads, and Amazon. We have so many places where you can cast your judgment <laughs> upon us, if you wish. Tell the people who were hating on me for 
doing a David Lynch podcast and yet not liking psychoanalysis that they're wrong. Yeah, Janosch got into online drama, which is always a mistake, and you lose inherently by starting. Um, it was a mistake, but it led to to an incredible exchange where <laughs> someone accused me for like not using, not being able to like use academic sources and not find them. Uh, and they said some shit about um, about uh, a sense of my own epistemic limits. That's what their epic burn was, and then. Damn. And then going off on Twitter.com. And then someone dug out uh, or like noticed that the recent tweet was uh, tweeting about Robert Pattinson having a bad British accent because. <laughs> I mean, it was it was friend, wasn't it? Our, our friend of the show. It was friend of the show, Francine from from yeah. Make You Proud podcast. Um, Shout out! You should listen to them probably. You should They're listen to them for that us. already, uh, because that really made my day. <laughs> it's really hard to look up where Robert Pattinson is from. Yeah, Robert Pattinson, he's American, surely. Yeah, he he's was in Twilight. Twilight. Where he has a very convincing American accent. Um, <laughs> that was a good accent, because British one Robert was bad. Patis- Patterson. Hello, it's me, Robert Pattinson. I'm a posh boy, because all English actors are posh. Uh, he is kind of posh. Apart from, he is. All, all English actors are posh, apart from anyone who is in Skins. Yeah, um, that's why Skins is the, the best show. Posh ones. Yeah. That's not true, but the first oh, yeah. season is good. But like what Deb Patel, Daniel Deb Patel is in it. The fucking the one. <laughs> who's the guy who was it? The guy Game of Thrones guy is there. Yeah. The Gendry, Joe something. Joe mm. Dempsey was in Skins. Joe Dempsey. There's yeah. so many because, people uh, who are in Skins. It's because Skins uh, did like an open casting thing where they just got like random teens who weren't oh, necessarily yeah. like posh actors in it, and that's why they managed to find all this like young talent. That's pretty and that's good. because Channel Four rules support. Please. If, write to your MP and tell them that you don't want them to privatize Channel 4. Um, <laughs> Nicholas Holt was the other guy I was thinking Nicholas of. Nicholas Holt? Yeah, but he's less interesting. He's not interesting, um, but he is. He was almost famous. He was for there. A he was on skin. He was in skin. He was not my favorite um, character, I mean, that's true. No. Anyway, Skins was great. Skins? What a, what a damaging show. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Um, I was watching know. like the Fast and Furious movies and like Natalie Emmanuel is in it and like people were like oh she's great in it she's having so much more fun in it than Game of Thrones and she might be but she sounds so posh yeah <laughs> like, I just can't I just can't bring myself to like her character because she sounds incredibly rich yeah this is the British disease where you just hate people with really really posh accents yeah I haven't had this before like yeah because you don't notice, you're just like, oh, yeah. British people, they all sound the same. It's only when you notice, like, the vowel sounds yeah. where you're like, okay, okay, I see now. Yeah, um, she also had a bit about how, oh, she doesn't have a driving license because people don't really drive in London. That's and true. And I was like, if you, if you live in London, you know. I mean, you probably have a driving license, but yeah. Anyway. But people don't drive a lot unless you're posh. If you're posh, you'd drive or you'd have a driver or you get, like, black taxis. Okay, anyway. <laughs> this has been Who Watches the Watch. Uh, once again, you can you can catch us next week and do all the things that we just told you to do. Do all of those. You love it. You love this. Please do that. Um, please do that. And until next time, Young Strong in the Arm is Young my uncle. Young Strong in the Arm is my uncle. Uh, Uvaith. Ugads. Um, oh no, my feet are made of clay. Uh-oh. Uh oh! I have an empty head. Oh no, my boyfriend, my boyfriend's poisoning me with arsenic. <laughs> uh, 
uh, I have uh, slash no. relationships. Who's the asshole here? I posted my boyfriend with arsenic, <laughs> but he was also rude to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to look up until next time if like that situation, like the men specifically feet of clay situation, if that yeah. like led to some specific fanfics. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. Okay. Right, anyway, yeah. Uh, bye. bye.